Well, when you hear this song, you know who the guest is. The one and only Dire Straits. No, the one and only Senator Ron Johnson. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Hope you are too, Meg. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you. I am. Very sunny day. I don't know if it's sunny where you are, but we're anticipating some, again, some lovely non-February weather here in Wisconsin. It's nice. Well, enjoy the day. Yes. Well, and in the meantime, let's grumble a little bit at least. Uh, I, I know I've been following, obviously, many of us are following what's going on with, uh, well, with the, the war in Ukraine. And I guess for quite some time, I've been a skeptic and been frustrated because so much money is being flushed down the toilet in a conflict that Ukraine will never win. And maybe that sounds defeatist, but it's I, I look at it as more realist. And it's frustrating because Democrats are, of course, repeating the narrative that Republicans are killing a bill that would secure the border. And that's not true at all. It's just that you want a clean bill, which was H.R. 2, and uh, keep the funding to Ukraine separate. Well, what we were trying to do, because... President Biden uh, doesn't follow Supreme Court rulings. Uh, he, you know, for example, student loans. Uh, Supreme Supreme Court says it's unconstitutional, and he finds some way to weasel, weasel his way around there. Same thing on the eviction moratorium. They said can't can't do it, and he extends it anyway. So he, he's a lawless administration. Uh, President Biden and the Democrats they want an open border. That's just the reality. They want an open border, and of course, uh, President Trump used his existing authority, and the Supreme Court has ruled uh, in a reasonably recent case that uh, the authority uh, of, of a president is strong. It exudes deference, is what the Supreme Court ruled in terms of uh, uh, current law to secure the border. Now, there have been you know, other court rulings that have weakened that authority, but you know, again, even with weakened authority, President Trump secured the border. And then President Biden, with that exact same authority, reopen it up because he wants open borders. So you're trying to negotiate with people who want an open border, who caused this current crisis, this catastrophe. And what we were trying to do is, is use something that the Biden administration wants. And quite honestly, there are all kinds of Republicans that want it as well. I think we all want to help the Ukrainian people. Um, but we just want to use that leverage to force this president to secure the border. We weren't asking for an immigration bill. We weren't asking for a secret bipartisan negotiations. We were looking for a forcing mechanism, and the McConnell's completely blew that, turned away all of our leverage. I've been quoted, and I think it's true. I don't think McConnell could negotiate his way out of a paper bag. Schumer was, uh, you know, crowing to political after the vote went down. But yeah, we were playing chess, and McConnell was playing checkers, and, and now we're in a lot better position on the border than we were three weeks ago. Again, they weren't trying to negotiate a closed border. They were trying to negotiate political cover, and McConnell gave it to them. So what we're trying to do now, because the House is, again, they've got a split conference. Um, I don't think that Ukraine funding bill is going to pass, and we still want to continue to use that as leverage. But quick shifting to Ukraine. It's a harsh reality. I don't like it. You don't like it. I don't think any American likes it. the fact that an evil war criminal like Putin is in a far better position than Ukraine in the West. Uh, they can produce four and a half million of these 155 millimeter shells. 
And by the way, at a price of $600 a shell versus the West, we're producing about a million a year, and it costs us about 6000 a shell. It just shows you how we're getting ripped off by the military-industrial complex. Let's set that aside. But at some point, you have to recognize the reality that Putin is not going to lose this war. Losing is existential to Putin. The Russians have a long history, and that's, I think, one of the interesting things about the Tucker interview is how Putin went through the history that they are aware of, you know, dating back millennia. You know, that's why they call their country the motherland, so they will give their life to defend their motherland or for its cause. And even a Ukrainian, uh, I think, defense secretary or defense minister said, yeah, we, I kind of underestimated you know, Russia's willingness to sacrifice lives to win a war. So. So we're talking about Russia has four times the population. Ukraine's uh, average age of soldiers now is 43. Uh, another inside of uh, one of their ministers said that, you know, give us all the weapons you have. We just don't have the men to use them. So, again, I, I hate the reality. Uh, but if you're worried about the Ukrainian people, you ought to consider what's being done to their country right now in this bloody stalemate. That's what we have. We have a bloody stalemate. And Again, I would love to know exactly what happened in Istanbul, where they were coming to an agreement, trying to figure out how to weigh this, end this thing early on. And Boris Johnson comes flying in, and all of a sudden, negotiations are off the table, and the bloody stalemate uh, continued. So, I mean, at some point in time, you have to recognize the only way this thing ends is in a negotiated settlement, and our policy should be directed toward achieving a negotiated settlement. You know, Biden's not talking to Putin. You know, the mainstream media is ripping Tucker for talking to him and, you know, providing the American public at least his perspective, you know, agree or disagree. So no, we're, we're, we're in an awful position. I'll, I'll end on this note. Americans need to look back at history, first learn and understand history. And we're all guilty of not understanding it as much as we should. And take a look at what is the result of all of our foreign entanglements? During our lifetimes, you know, my lifetime really dates back to, you know, Vietnam, where I was aware of it. That didn't end well. Um, Afghanistan, Iraq, now Ukraine. Uh, I think we need to heed Eisenhower's warning about how the military industrial complex can drive foreign policy potentially to the detriment of this country. And we need to look at that with our, our, our eyes open and, and go, are, are we going down the exact same path that this foreign entanglement is not going to turn out well? It's already not turning out well. Okay? I mean, the revolution of dignity, we're, we're all for people fighting for freedom, right? Now, that revolution of dignity occurred in 2014, now forward 10 years. Now Ukraine is largely destroyed, or an awful lot of it. Not totally destroyed, but it's about a trillion dollars worth of damage, probably. A trillion dollars worth of destruction. Over 100,000 Ukrainians dead, uh, same Russian conscripts. It's been a disaster. And we need to recognize that and figure out how do we end this disaster. And, and that's not even, at least as far as I can tell, that's not even on the table. I mean, you make really great points. And I guess what, I, what I'm left thinking about as you were talking is what exactly is the United States accomplishing when, we're, when we are involved in any foreign conflict. I mean, what specifically are we accomplishing or did we accomplish with Afghanistan? I mean, did we even go in it for uh, the the right reasons to begin with? Because the the withdrawal has been a disaster. And I mean, if if 
that's an example of how the United States inter well would intervene in Ukraine. That doesn't look good for them either. Well, quickly with Afghanistan, for, for the time we were there, we, we certainly helped women and girls got educated. You know, but that was only why we were there. We, we don't have the capacity to stay there for hundreds of years to continue uh, to direct that. Uh, we just can't be the world's policemen. But, you know, I'll go back to, you know, what, what Eisenhower, Eisenhower warned us about as well. As he said, we can't allow global society to descend into a state of dreadful fear and hate. And that's what they're driving. They're driving fear to force us into doing things. So in Vietnam, you know, why were we there? Well, we had to prevent the domino effect, right? If, if we let Vietnam fall, I mean, all, the rest of the world would become communist. Uh, that didn't happen. Okay, I mean, Vietnam did fall. The rest of the world did not become communist. Now we're saying in, in Ukraine, well, your Putin's not going to stop there. Yeah, look at it logically. Putin was not able to take over Ukraine. He thought he could, um, but he didn't. It's been bloody for him as well. Do you really think Putin, with all the, with all the loss of life of Russians, you know, the, the harm to his military, but he is, by the way, building up his military base, but do you really think he's going to just be itching to take on a NATO country? When now you have NATO operating under Article 5 and we bring our full firepower, our full air power, our full weaponry, we've not supplied that to Ukraine because right, we're concerned of a larger you know, arms race, you know, a larger potentially nuclear conflict. So do you really think Putin is going to next step immediately go into invading the rest of NATO? I don't think so. Uh, remember, Gorbachev was told that we wouldn't move NATO one inch to the east. Well, we've moved it hundreds of miles. We have to look at that perspective. And, of course, me talking like this, I get accused of being a Putin apologist. No, I think he's an evil war criminal. I'd love to see him defeated, gone, okay? But I also recognize he has nuclear weapons, four times the population in Ukraine. You know, I can re repeat those stats, but he's just not going to lose this war. We have to recognize that. Senator Ron Johnson. Thank you for joining me. Um, just wanted to make a note that you have an upcoming roundtable discussion this uh, coming Monday. What are federal health agencies in the COVID cartel hiding a number of, uh, well, ex I'm looking at the list of guests uh, that you have uh, participating and would love to have you back next week to discuss uh, that conversation with, with all of those experts. Yeah, that'll be live streamed. There'll be some new faces. I think it'll be an interesting conversation, about four hours long. Monday starting at uh, 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central. Thanks, Senator Johnson. Hope you have a great day. You too. Take care. Thank you. It up Friday night. We shall return on the WSAU Wisconsin Morning News. With the Sultans. With the Sultans of Swing. Breaking news, severe weather, hear it on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU.